Woods. And invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. Parisa. 
Gotcha. Angry Parisa. So go ahead, uh, type in Diary of the Madman 1963. You'll see Vincent Price in parentheses, full movie. This is courtesy of our new friend, uh, Angola Parcia, because none of us white guys can pronounce shit because we're terrible human beings. Uh, but we are excited to watch this movie. So go ahead and click the link. I'm doing it right now. Hit pause while it's fucking buffers. And if you uh, start playing it, move the, the timer to zero, zero, zero. I'm going to do the Brumbach. All right, ready? Once again, audience, Diary of a Madman, 1963. It says Vincent Price full movie. You'll find it if you don't put that in. And we like Anglo Perosio. Is there? Oh, that's perfectly pronounced. (laughs) All right. All right, so let's get this started. I am I am ready. It was a live show. We're very excited to have Paul here as our countdown gentleman. Let's get ready to Brumba, ladies and gentlemen. uh, Let's get ready to. Okay, so, let's get ready to Brumba, and now, what you've all been waiting for, master of the descending numerals, the countdown king himself. Would you please welcome, Mr. Paul Brumba? All right, guys, you know the drill. Put that finger right over that triangle and do it in three, two, one, go. Whoa, it's already a hard one. Oh, yes, this is our, I guess, our obligory, uh, obligory, listen to me, horror movie for uh, Halloween, as our show will broadcast near it. This is our Halloween episode? I hate doing Halloween episodes. I hate doing Christmas episodes. Movies are movies. I don't need to watch 31 days of scary films or (laughs) a month of holiday films. That's a hook to sell commercials. You're smarter than that. Oh, I. Well, I did get suckered into Hallmark Channel's February Arbor Day a month. That was terrible. <laughs> I watched, like, after the 16th movie, I'm just a botanist, and I'm moving to my hometown to study a tree. Oh, I'm just a hunky lumberjack, and I'm going to cut down the tree. We're totally opposed to each other. <laughs> my wife loves um, Hallmark Ar- Arbor Day films all month. Oh, she, she does? She's a big ar- vivid. <laughs> Don't you see? Did you tell her like they're selling out the season? There was one recently in which there was an environmentalist and a corporate mogul, uh, and they end up falling in love. Can you believe it? And the guy starts yeah, manufacturing I mean, trees. What a great ending! I saw the R-rated version when they fucking arboreum. <laughs> they were on the swing on the tree. I remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it's been a while since I used my coffee maker, Carl. I'm just going to dump in the whole thing. So we can start this movie. Oh, we get to start off with a prelude. Right. Now, the, the there's a guy named Guy de... There's a guy named Guy de Mapausant. Mapausant. And I know you've got an English degree from Brandeis. You probably know that he was like the father of the short story. Um... And this film is based upon two of his books. One's called The Horla in 1887, and the other is Diary of a Madman in 1885. So those two short stories were married in this masterpiece. Ooh, is it seamlessly uh, married, or do we get to see the stitches halfway through the film? We see the stitches. They left out a lot of stuff from the books, by the way. This is... Uh, Yeah, well... Clearly someone died, right? It's a funeral. You think? Mm-hmm. It's not a wedding? 
Oh, I'm at the wrong party. I mean, uh, uh, service. Now, the guy who died is Simon Cordier. Simon Cordier, who's a magistrate. It's like a judge in France. Um, oh, I never knew that. Yeah. And those and, are his lovers. No, those are the priest's lovers. But nonetheless, they've, <laughs> you know, the priest was a fan, so they've come to the... Uh, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Is on his gold teeth. All right, throw him over the cliff in three, two. Oh no, they're lowering him in the ground. How respectful. Right, and you see, it's so, not really a casket, right? Because he burnt to death in a fire in his very own home, Magistrate Courtier. Yes, I know his last words, Carl. Uh, the roof. The roof. The roof. The roof is on the roof fire. Is on fire. We don't give a damn. No, that's not true. You'll see later from the film. His last words in the film. Uh, here it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Am I crazy or is it hot in here? I believe it was his last words. Is it just me? All right, anything else? Is it just me? Or flames licking <laughs> my boots. What other awful things can we say during this funeral? <laughs> this is a fake like movie. A release, folks. Nobody really died in a fire. Yeah, yeah, and we would never say this in real life, unless it's an entertaining show. So the cop is saying to like this gallery owner and his daughter that Simon Cordier wants you to meet. You know, it was the wishes of his will. Uh, and here we are at the uh, gallery Diablo. Oh. But the thing is, they hated Cordier. So they're like, why are we here? Why were we asked to be here? We hated this man. Right, and his art sucks. <laughs> he was a sculptor. Oh, does that play back to the sculptor's move? Master of that haunted by the sculptures? No. I thought I saw the eyes follow me everywhere in the room. Well, yes, their eyes in a jar, pickled jar, pickled eyes. Of course, it's going to look like they're, they're. Of course, pickled eyes will follow you around. Doctor um, Doctor Frankenstein, is it me? There will be a scary thing with a sculpture. Okay. Cool, like oh. a bucket of blood when the sculpture uh, paper mache's dead body. No, uh, coincidentally, it will also revolve around an eye, just like you predicted. Yeah, like in the scene of Frankenstein where Igor says, is it me, Dr. Frankenstein, or do the eyes in the jar follow me everywhere in the room? Those are pickled. Okay, so what is it? It's a diary. It's a diary oh. of a madman. Dear diary, this is my first entry, and I feel completely sane. I don't know why I mentioned that, but as I progress. Yeah, you'll see throughout the film that Simon Courtier is very, very sane. This film is not titled correctly. Well, I paid good money to hear a diary. Of a madman. What he's saying right now is like the contents of this diary, I couldn't say to you while I was alive, this will explain everything and it will act as a warning to mankind. Oh, God, I hate the structure. So then there'll be flashbacks and shit like that? The whole thing is a flashback until the end of the film where we'll be right back here. Do you like that style of filmmaking? Uh, Billy Wilder did it all, all the time, you know, or I don't the, dislike the it. 
I had an idea for Waterman in which in the beginning scene, he begins to have a flashback. And then during that flashback, his character has a flashback. And during that Love segment, it. you know, and it just keeps flashing, flashing back. That's a great idea. Uh, John Carpenter in Ghost of Mars had a flashback within a flashback. Uh-huh. He didn't care. Maybe that he idea has been done. No, but it's been done. But you know what? It's a comic trope, and uh, your show Waterman uh, now available, now streaming. Yeah, not, get not it, water, services, but water, yeah. Waterman streams. Talk about oh, where's it streaming? Oh, it's Vincent Price. Oh, by the way, I've, I've improved my Vincent Price impression. Okay, go ahead. Last week, I'm Vincent Price. Yeah, that was the. Oh, you want me to do it again? <laughs> Now, this film is not a good film, and it's slowly okay. paced and everything, but Vincent Price just, he pulls it off, just on the strength of his acting. Uh, okay, so the cop comes in and says, the killer, Louis, uh, Louis Giraud, wants to see you in his cell, and he's like, he's going to be executed at the guillotine. It's 1880s here, and they guillotined people. And he's going to be executed at the guillotine, so it's sort of like a one last meeting before he dies. And Vincent Price, you know, Cordier, is agreeing to it because he's curious. I mean, what can this... At the trial, the guy said that if something possessed his body and made him kill four strangers, it wasn't his fault. So now they right. think they're going to get a confession. Not my fault. Listen, officer, my friend handed me a knife and said, can you hold on to it? He's bringing his hat because he's also bringing his bald spot with him. <laughs> How old do you think Vincent Price is in this movie? 63? God, he's young. That's always a good this way, though, right? Uh, let's see. His first film ever was 1935, so he's got to be mid-40s here, maybe not mid 40s. His first film was when he's 12 years old. Uh, am I wrong? 1935, his acting career began. I don't have his date of birth here. He was actually performing in Orson Welles' Mercury Theater. That's his, that was his start. Um, wow. now this wow, is Louis Giraud, and his name's Harvey Stevens. He was from this 1959 movie called The Bat, which I tried to sell you on. Is it good, the bat? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, then why did I do? What did I yeah, do right. about it? It's no, it's yeah. no wonder you didn't you didn't pick it. I also tried to sell you on the Last Man on Earth, which is a Vincent Price film. Oh, I love that film. That's so. I Legend is uh, it's based on I Legend, which uh, of course became its own movie. Yes, which uh, that's a great film. Yeah, he's he's so lonely. He's just gardening in his yard. And what's that? A sexy Italian zombie <laughs> lady. <laughs> yeah, I love that movie. So basically, we're hearing, no, I did not come to confess. I came to reemphasize. I didn't do this. A nutbag crazy thing made me do it. So he sold like two candlesticks because he's, or that wasn't miserable. Sorry. Oh, you're, on, you're on camera, Sandy. I'm on what? Just entered our podcast. Oh, hi. I'm not on uh, video, but hi. 
Hi, wife, whose name I'm not going to mention on our podcast to protect her privacy. Right, don't mention Sandy's name because we have privacy issues. Okay, so now oh, what's going to happen? Oh, don't mention Sandy's name. All right, I'm sorry, Sandy. Um, what's going to happen now is Louis <laughs> Giroux, you get mad. Okay, Louis Giroux is now going to get crazy and try to kill Vincent Price. Now, watch while his eyes will glow green. Cool. Oh, so there is special effects in this movie. I just figured they go, oh, hey, I'm possessed by a demon. Look out! And they save <laughs> money on budget. It's not so... The effect is special. Hey, onto that guy's grinder site. He said his eyes were brown. I want him refund. <laughs> he goes, Giroux, you hear that your eye... Yes, that was hilarious, but your eyes aren't green like your Tinder profile. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh. He's hugging it looks his like neck. somebody. Did they paint that in on the after they finished making the film? They like give me that master. Look at the. Oh no! Now they're gone. He didn't like the price. You're right. So he's dead. Wow! Vincent killed him in the jail cell. Cold yep. bastard. Knocked his head against a wall and made blood come out his nose. <laughs> Now, Vincent Price will get into no, no trouble whatsoever for this at all. Um, that is ridiculous. <laughs> God, this guy thinks he knows how to write a good story. You kill a man in prison, you, you stay in prison. There, there's no inquiry. There's no looking into it. He's like, well, it's a better death than the guillotine. Listen, we were going to kill him anyway. Right. Now we we save money on the crowds. <laughs> Right, he'll get a commendation for saving the state money. You can hear the crowd outside. Guillotine, guillotine. Okay, listen, listen. We don't, we don't want to say no to a crowd. So we're going to bring the body. He recently died. And we'll, all right, get him there. All right, there him go. anyway. Uh, it's not. We're going to chop his head off anyway. It's not the same. It's, it's not, not the, the same. same. You can't see his eyes look at you as he rolls. Now, You're, I always wonder to myself, really. why didn't they call it the guillotine? Why not just uh, call it the guillotine? And then I realized, yeah, they, I realized it's because they don't speak English. They're speaking French. That's why they right. call it the guillotine. They don't understand puns either, like English puns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Now I'm foolish. I'm I'm foolishly writing down guillotine, guillotine. guillotine Watch that end up at my next open mic set. Oh, yeah, you're not going to start a band called Guillotine and play at CBGB's? <laughs> Take a time seat? <laughs> well, that was okay. it. That was the human uh, coat rack. Hello, sir. Hello. I'm going to be replaced by a coat rack in 50 years. Well, let me while I'll take my coat. This is his prized Ooh. bird. He loves this bird. Bird is the word. Yeah. And he's talking all baby talk to him now. Maybe I should have put it up. Oh, look. Oh. It's a portrait of his look, dead wife to... and dead son. What's it doing here? Oh, I don't th- I might be a couple seconds off. How could you be? He didn't hang start? that up before? He did not. Well, when you said so go, he... I got mixed up. So he calls in our first Star Trek connection. What the hell is this really? doing here? 
So this movie was 63. Star Trek was what, 67? Star Trek started in 66 and was done by 69, probably. And this guy, he was in two Star Trek episodes. Uh, His name's Ian Wolfe, and he was in, um, let's see here, All of Our Yesterdays, which was a great episode in which they go back in time. Um, That was 1969. And another one called Bread and Circuses, which was also a great episode in 68. Um, He has 400 television and TV commercial uh, TV credits. Oh, yeah, like... uh... Yeah, please pass the grape fruit pond. <laughs> as opposed to the other woman he was talking to as one credit, Blood of Dracula. That's it. Wow. And this. Yeah, like a demon movie and a Dracula movie. Okay, so. You no, know, I never gave him a gift. I never gave Dracula and Mrs. Dracula a wedding present. When they, oh, the Bride of Dracula? Yeah, it's embarrassing. I talk, he never brings it up. Here's two liters of pig's blood, just for while I'm in the house. Okay, so he goes, look at all these fake cobwebs, like we never go up here. He goes to put away, (laughs) it's inexplicable how the portrait got there. And now the internet's going to tell me that this is a hell of an anachronism. There's his dead wife's dress, and here's his son's stuff. There's a teddy bear, and there were no teddy bears yet in the 1880s. You're kidding me. How cruel. Oh, because so, of Teddy. Teddy Roosevelt. A, yeah. Um, I have it written here. Um, well, can I say it from memory for you? Yes. So Teddy Roosevelt, who was a fucking asshole. What? He was really nice. And he said, like, well, he was like, let's go on a, a hunting trip where we could shoot bears and their children. They're like, yeah, you're the best, Rosie. And they go off, and he shoots everybody. And there's a little baby bear. He goes, don't shoot the baby bear. That's right. That's right. Because his mother What are you talking about? We just shot his family. Right. He killed his mom. They said, no. They're like, what an asshole. You're worse than Jackson. And they said, oh, well, let's celebrate. And they started making stuffed animals called teddy bears. Right. There was a newspaper cartoon of it in 1902. And some industrious person said, I can make money off of that. And he made teddy bears. Yes. Never saw a dime. Neither the bear nor President Roosevelt saw a bad dime from it. So now if that story happened, there because somebody was up there because they wrote in the dust that hate is evil and vincent price saw that but when our star trek connection comes up it disappeared how what to the magic of wiping it off the wall that's the thing we'll find out later that this thing is called a horla and he does have a physical being so how can he make dust you know he would be like a person wiping the dust it doesn't make sense right well, you know what it was? He left the uh, door open when he took a shower, and the steam uh, uh-huh. hit the wall, and then he saw it. But by the time the butler saw it, the steam had dissipated, and mm-hmm. he can't see anything. It was a smiley face, too. And wash me. You can see clearly wash me on the walls. So now the butler's telling the maid, this guy's off his fucking rocker. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. But he's starting to lose it. She's like, yeah, I know. She has, he has two servants for one person. You need a maid and a butler, Carl? 
I personally do not. I just need the one. My maid drives. She drives us. She cooks. Right. She opens the door. She takes your top hat. It's it's less expensive. All those books are full novels because the short story has not been created yet. <laughs> now, the guy who wrote this, he was the father of, okay, let's see here. He's born in 1850, the father of the modern short story, um, depicted human lives and destinies and social forces, disillusioned and pessimistic. 300 short stories he wrote, six novels and three travel books and one volume of poetry. And he influenced people like O. Henry and Somerset Maugham. 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 Listen, we can't pronounce our friend who's uh, 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 posted this movie. Who's, yeah, our, the subscription, the channel. Amherstamp. <laughs> oh, Amherstamp Papapus? <laughs> so his most famous story was called The Horla. And that's what this is, The Horla and Diary of a Madman Together. Last time I danced the Horla was in synagogue. <laughs> really? Oh, that's the Hora. That's the Hora. H O R A. Yeah. I have to explain to my puns when I bring in Judaism. <laughs> to, to a Goyam audience, you have to explain your puns. Yeah. The man is a mensch. He's a mensch, uh, which means a really great guy who. Uh... <laughs> it's kind of schlubby. Schlubby means you're kind of like, you know, a cocktail. I've been accused when I do my Jewish puns of uh, patronizing, uh, which means to talk down to people uh, as if they were stupid. Were you, were you saying that people thought you were condescending? That is talking down to them? In a... Okay, now the testimony of Louis Giraud is on his desk. And he's like, hey, servant, what the fuck? Why is this book on my desk? Did you pull this down? He goes, no, sir. The man who... It's also written uh, in uh, English. Uh, All oh, right, here he is. My God, how many people? Does, oh, this is his office, so he has like uh, clerks. Right, and they bring. He's a judge. He's a judge, and they bring him cases. He doesn't go to the bookshelf and get them. Right. He uh, Western Union's uh, Amazon. So a lot of things are happening here. The picture appears in the study. Right after twelve years. Right. His son died, and the wife killed herself because of the tragedy, and that was 12 years earlier. So the, the painting shows up, then somebody writes in the dust, and then Louis Cortier's file is on his desk. It's like lots, lots of weird stuff's happening. And this is great. The budget is still zero dollars. You know, for a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they spent a little money on this. They got green glowing eyes, and later you'll see that stuff floats. <laughs> well, plus, it's all a period piece, too. I mean, everything is uh, looks like it's 1800s. Yeah. Except for the teddy bear. That was uh, about uh, 18 years early, according to the internet, and that's a big deal. Look, see the ink? I'd say. What is going on? Yeah. Somebody oh, right. ruined the testimony of Louis Giroux. Oh. Carl, tell, uh, can you pause and let me catch up? No. Audience, what are you on? 22. Uh, How can it be? I go three, two, one, and you go, oh, I'll just wait a second. 
I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, maybe right. I did. I'm gonna. I'll tell you when it's um. Twenty three. Okay. And when it's at twenty three, I'll press okay. go again. Okay. Sounds good. So okay. for the audience, we're gonna make sure we're gonna readjust. So it gets you set it to twenty three minutes and zero zero. Twenty three and, and your, zero your zero. Boy, let your boy Mike Spiegel and catch up. I'm on 22:43. This is just, you know, part of the the fun and entertainment you get from our show. We've been doing this over four years, over 200 episodes in the bag. All right. Now, count uh, okay. me up to 23. Just tell me to shut up. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one, 23. Is Thank he holding you. his head? He's holding his head. Right. Yes. He's having a sight. Oh, so Sticker shock from the price. <laughs> He's starting to realize maybe I'm going mad. What? The door shut on their own? Cue the special effects guy. Oh, I should keep a diary. Oh, I should put this in my journal. Oh, no, it's too personal. I'll put it in my diary. Okay, so, oh, no, too stuffy. So he's on the bench because he insists I must go on, but he isn't even concentrating. He has to excuse himself and go home for the day. Wow. All right, rapist, you're free. Judge <laughs> has to go home. Now, look, he's, he's starting now to write a diary, and this will begin to record all the weird things happening to him and how he thinks he's losing his mind. And you see Connect Four on the side of his desk there. Hmm. Oh, I didn't notice that. Pretty sneaky girl. Pretty Oh, here, diagonally. <laughs> you dumb brother, don't you? Did you read the entire structure manual? I read it up to the last sen sentence. What's this about diagonal? Now, look. Here's the voice of the Horla. Green eyes. Uh, green eyes. Special effects. Ho. Now the voice of the uh, Horla is our second Star Trek connection. Interesting. No. <laughs> he was in. Star Trek Insurrection, the movie in 1998, and he was son of Officer Three. He must be old as fuck, though. He's the son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. I did see Star Trek Insurrection, but I, I, I don't remember. He was also in Star Trek Voyager in 1999. He was in an episode called Gravity, and he was a Vulcan master. And in 2001, he was on Star Trek's Enterprise as a doctor. Wow. So he is another. Oh, that's you think people like recurring uh, character actors on the Star Trek franchises get cockier as, as they continue? I was in a movie. Mm, mm, mm. Enterprise this, motherfuckers. Yeah, that's right. I okay, will. Now the Horla is going to make him kill his bird who he loves. I get to. And look at Vincent eating, chewing the fucking scenery. Okay, Vincent, this is a five-minute scene by yourself, and you're going to kill kill a bird. Yeah, you squish him to death. Okay. 
Uh -oh. He's broken up. He's broken Don't up. Don't fuck with cats. Right. I saw this YouTube video. I was I was disgusted. You know, it's hard being a bird owner and it's hard being a cat owner, but being a dog owner is roof. Roof. <laughs> it's very, very roof. You think I think it's all bite all bark, no bite. <laughs> That's why I love trees. They're all inanimate. They couldn't really hurt you. They're they're all bark, no bite. <laughs> okay, so he goes to the doctor and he's like, doctor, what the fuck go wrong with me? And the doctor goes, you've been haunted by your, the death of your son. I know it was 12 years ago, but it's coming back. So what you've got to do is change your life. You got to quit being a judge and do something you love. Like you used to be a sculptor. Why don't you go back to that? Can I still eat red meat? What's yeah, that? Yeah, don't worry about that. Can I still eat red meat, doctor? Yes, you can eat red meat, just not as a judge. The offering of a cigar? Yeah. What kind of fucking doctor is he? Do you hear the audio when you I turn it me? on? Kind of, sort of. You hear it? Yeah. Well, here, I'll, okay, I'll turn it on, too. It's, it's very faint. It's very faint. Let me try it now. How about now? Yeah, whatever, Carl. Let, let the Cabaret Empire, if, you, if you're new to our show. This is a horrible scene. It's very boring. It's a bunch of talking, but it basically sets up that he's going to become a sculptor again, okay? Which is crazy, man. You're a judge. I mean, you've, you're well-respected. You, you've gone up through the ranks as an attorney all the way. And now, well, I guess if you're going crazy, right, it makes sense. Right. Stop and smell the roses. <laughs> oh, I did. And the roses uh, filed a cease and desist order. Oh, no, a, uh, what, what kind of order? Later in this film, the Horla will crush a rose. And then in the next scene, it's not crushed. And the internet thinks that's a big a big uh, continuity problem. It's not. It well, because Vince forgot to smell it, so they uh, they fixed it for him. Listen, man, you know what's a big continuity error? is a fucking demon possessing you. Did the internet mention that? Nope. That was all part of the so, plot. We're suspending disbelief. Well, you can suspend disbelief in one fucking rose. Okay, so now he's doing it. Now he's doing it. He's out smelling the roses, and he's walking. He's, like, going to art galleries and checking stuff out. He's getting back into – he's just getting familiar again with the art scene. There's the flying nun. <laughs> Two of them. Look how clean the street is, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I wonder, like, how many movies they shot on this set, or did they actually just go to France to find, like, locations? Oh, this is a little funny. They're arguing. Oh, and you get to overhear experience life. Uh, young ladies in love. <laughs> She's like, he goes, you know what your problem is? You're a woman. You know, there was a sequel to this movie. Vincent wasn't in it. Uh, I didn't like it, but some people find it priceless. What? What? Some people I'll, find I'll it. repeat it. Priceless. Oh, I gotcha. Because he wasn't right, in it. Just the price wasn't in. 
He was okay. Amazing. Now we meet our third Star Trek connection, and she is the model in the painting, right? So what she's like, oh, she... and go, hey, that's me. She, yeah, because she wants him to buy it, is why, because the artist really needs the money. She's an 18th century thirst, she's an 18th century thirst trap. Why don't you like my pa painting and uh, retweet it? No, it's 19th century if it's the 1800s carl listen i know what i'm talking about you okay. take the year of the date and that's yeah. what century it is so oh, right now okay. we're living in the 20th century the 21st century the 20th carl that's ridiculous if it was the 21st century it would be 2120 oh okay now i understand how it works yeah all right okay thank you thank you now this man this woman is nancy kovac she's playing odette uh, and she is married to the artist in this, but she was in this great uh, original series episode called Private Little War. I really love that one. She was this sexy, like, medicine woman. She was like a femme fatale. Um, her role was called Nana, and people who know Star Trek know that she was a seductress and she did the whammy jammy. Now what she's doing right now is she's charming Vincent who reveals that he is going to be a sculptor and he will pay her 10 francs an hour to pose. That's a lot of money. It That's was. Like euro money. She offers that price. He says yes. And she's like, you're not even going to haggle. Oh, now, no, no. The you price see is the right. card. She gave him the card, right? There's nothing written yeah, on the back, card. and he, we didn't see Vincent write something on the back, right? Right, but the Horla's going to write something. Well, the just note that for later over. when something's written on the back. I am I am the Horla. I am staying at the Motel 6, room 223. Now, this is the people we saw in the beginning looking at the diary yeah. after the funeral. Yeah, right. It, yeah. It's the owner Same and location. the daughter, and the daughter really likes the artist who Kim Novak's married to. So they're being a little catty right now, a little snippy. Do you think Kim Novak? She looks like Don Wells, I think. Yeah, I thought you said Kim Novak. I would love to see Kim Novak. Am I? Wait. Uh, oh, Nancy no Nancy Kovac. So, so fast. I switched Kovac. the K in the end. You're so gotcha. <laughs> I had a dyslexic talk. It's uh, a John Spoonerism, if you will. Yes. You know, there was a reverend named John Spooner, and he would fuck up uh, his speech. Really? So people made fun of him and called him. Yeah. So if you say, like, uh, I guess Jumbo Shrimp, he would reverse the, the opening consonants. So it would be like Shrumbo Jim. Not the best example, <laughs> but yeah, you get it. Just Jim. And they call that a Spoonerism. This guy's face looks familiar to me, but like IMDb okay. and Wikipedia, like didn't have a link to learn about him as an actor. He looks like he's done a lot of TV to me. Yeah, like a lot of Westerns. So basically now Odette is like, I'm going to go pose for this rich guy. And he's like, I thought you only posed for me. And she's like, you're jealous. And, you know, he goes, I am. And she goes, it's 10 francs an hour. And then he's like, okay, fuck it. Go ahead. Do it. We need to eat. <laughs> hubba, hubba. 
<laughs> Ten bucks an hour. Can I join? Ten francs an hour, you. Yeah. Nineteenth century. All right, I got gotcha. you. How many euros? Oh. Is that? <laughs> so what He's we're like going to find out back. is that she is a bit of a like she's a gold digger, right? And she's realizing right. she's got something better here. What's not explained is why she ended up with him in the first place, if she's such a gold digger. You know, I mean, she didn't dig a very big hole to hook this guy. Right. And then 18 years, he discovers that the kid's not his. What knockers? That's a young friend. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. We forgot. Oh, there's a knock. Oh, man. It might delay it again. Hey, are you a Star Trek connection? Yes, I am. Me too. Oh, you. Great. I didn't see you on the set. We were in different episodes. Ah. We were different episodes. Ah. Isn't Shatner? But we could both agree Shatner's a fucking asshole. Now, Odette is looking around like, look at this fucking money. This is the joint. Yeah, I mean, this is one guy lives here, and he's got a butler and a maid. Hello. Well, he's a, a rich tr- – I don't think it's a trust fund, right? If he's a magistrate, he probably earned the money. No, his family has a long history. It's inheritance. It's true he's a magistrate and everything, but uh, and he must do very well. But the house was his ancestors, and there's all of these uh, – sculptures of uh his his you know ancestors and they're going to fall and almost kill the husband we'll see it later and that's how we learn that uh the family's been in the they're they're like hey man he's got a chick man come on it's been 12 years (laughs) now look remember how there was the cobwebs everywhere not anymore. Right. I guess he sicked his uh, servants on it. I'm surprised. Like, what kind of servants are there? There's one guy at one house, and they never clean up the fucking attic? They didn't because there was no cause to go up there. But now there is because Odette will be posing. See that blob of clay? That will become an Odette. Yeah. Really? That's a, not a lot of clay. I know. He does such a good job that she is odetted to him. <laughs> That's much better than my fucking price fund. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a to. That was the most money they oh. spent on this whole thing, the Vincent price. They paid the Vincent price for his acting. It was worth it, Carl. You know the price is right. Bingo. Now, there was a poet, and he wrote uh, a, a poem called The Laughing Woman, and that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to get Odette to be the laughing woman. And she's like, will this be with my clothes on or off? And Vincent's like, oh, no, this will not be a nude. <laughs> well, lucky her, right? Ten francs an hour, and he, she gets to keep her clothes on? 
Yeah, she's very pretty. Yeah. I just want to talk. She was in Bewitched and Batman and I Dream of Genie and Get Smart and Perry Mason and Manta wow. And then wow. he was the hostess of Beat the Clock. You remember that game cool. show, right? Yeah, I'm trying to remember uh, the premise of it. Like, you get a bunch of questions, you try to... Uh, no, no, game. you don't remember. They would do something yeah. elaborate, like uh, make a... Um, like, you would have all these eggs, and you had to use a spoon and carry them over to this other concoction where you would let them roll into, the, like, the nest or something. And you had to do it in one minute. Go! And so... They would screw up. They would drop an egg. Beat the clock was a physical challenge. Oh. Okay, so here we're seeing a montage of It's Been Weeks. What was that Guy Ferrari game show? Like a minute to lose it or uh, win it? Where they would do wacky shit like that and they had a minute. That's the concept of... And, but the thing is, with Beat the Clock, it would always be a different contraction, a different thing they were trying to do. Okay, so now she's going to fawn over it, all this praise. Oh, it's – now notice how it's laughing, right? It's the laughing woman. That Later on, it'll become a frown. Wow. Well, because they probably read the rest of the script. Nice bust. All right, never mind. You Why? What did you say? I just I nice was distracted bus. with the sound. Are you at 40 and 15, 16, 17? I'll tell you. 40 and uh, 20? I'm on 17. I'm like two seconds behind. Let me go okay. ahead and just move it up. How can it be? How can it be? But okay. All right, now I'm on 20. I'm on 31. Okay, we're together then. You're one second behind. All right. So now he's like, thanks, thanks, thanks. And she's trying to upsell herself. You should do a full life statue of me. And like, just like, he's starting to get a little hot for her. Ooh, I let you see my gams. Oh, she, look at him. Doing lots of uh, passive aggressive stuff like, Oh, to you, I am but the scent of a perfume, pretty in the room, and then fades away as I'm gone. Stuff like that, trying to lure her. And it's working. It's working. Lure him, and it's working. Yeah, look at him. He's smitten. He's smitten. Oh, and who's this ugly lady? Yeah, that's his that's wife. No lady. That's my wife. Do you want to take my wife, please? <laughs> well, I'll tell you. Oh, look at that. You can see his boner decrease when she brings up his dead wife. Yeah, that's right. It gets softer. Now, he was in over 100 films. He's got two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, one for TV and one for movies. That's nuts. Well, we should mention, like, two weeks ago, Carl and I, on our, on our show, 
we had a great pleasure to watch two after-school specials that were shot in our high school, which right. is located in Montclair, New Jersey. Yes. Did Vincent Price live in Montclair? Uh, no, not that I know of, no. But maybe he did, and I don't know it. Uh, in looking up his research, it didn't really list that kind of thing. I don't know why I always thought he did. I know that, of course, Yogi Berra lived there. And Yogi Berra. Telly Savalas lived there. Mm-hmm. And today, Stephen Colbert yeah. lives there. Yes, yes, absolutely. How tiresome. So this, the Colbert <laughs> Report is, is, is airing from Walker, New Jersey, basically, during quarantine. Um, he was an art collector, Vincent Price, and an art consultant. He had a degree in art history. He lectured on it, and he wrote books about it. Interesting. Which is weird because Steve Martin is also a noted art collector, and and but he uh, Vincent still did his stick. He didn't like he was it wasn't above him. No, not at all. And he was a gourmet cook. Yeah, that I know. That's uh, uh, one of the more interesting things about him. He's an interesting well, guy. Like, uh, yeah. and he saved so many movies. Jesus Christ. Now, if you look at this video and you look at the comments underneath in YouTube, you'll find this lady relates this nice story. Um, in 1973, I was taking a film class in college. Vincent Price spoke. And afterwards, they he went up to her and the, and the mother and said, would you get a cup of coffee with me? And they went to the IHOP, the IHOP. And, and he spent about an hour telling great stories. The thing is, like, Vincent Price is... Okay, I got to interrupt. The Horla okay. is here. He has no reflection in the mirror because the Horla has a physical form and is blocking the light. Now, look, you'll see his reflection. Look at the brown thing. You see Vincent Price's reflection? Did you miss it? Let me take a look. Let me take a look. still there? Oh, my God. Well, I hope the audience saw it. He threw a... (laughs) He threw an art box, and it bonked a piece of glass they had put up. But you saw his reflection. Uh, Carl, listen, I was looking at my phone during that scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, you're doing coffee, a podcast. Noises. You are oh, the am podcaster. I on What's your what's your opinion of comedians taking a phone call on stage? <laughs> That's fine. It's fine. He's famous. Let him do what he wants. Oh, I have to get this. Yeah, hey, yeah, I'm on stage. Hey, audience, why don't you applaud? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing my set. Yeah, I'm in the middle of uh, talking to show about the show Cops. Uh-huh. All right. Do you watch Cops? Because they're watching you. All right, that's been my time. Be on the lookout. Wow, that was... So now we find out that the Horla... Yeah. So the Horla is a physical form. It's like a human being, but they're between two worlds, okay? And they show up when there's evil. So you see his hand, his arm physically opened that. His, okay, now you'll see wires. By the way, Carl, nice chest. (laughs) Thanks. Your wife had a nice chest. Um, You can see wires. Thanks, it's different. So what I'm trying to tell you is, 
in the same way a person could get shot or a person could burn to death or a person could get uh, knifed, the Horla can too. They're physical. They're physical creatures. So did he burn up? The Horla burn up in the fire? Well, yes, you're ruining the end, and that's great. I love that sort of thing. Ruin it. Well, I, I didn't really ruin it when you fucking led me there. <laughs> I'm blaming it on you, even though I did it. Yeah, even though you just told me. So Vincent Price is very sentence. clever in the end, his character. He, like, locks him in a room and then, like, sets the room on fire. Now, of course, Vincent's going to die, but he kills the Horla. Yes. Is the Horla talking to him right now? Yeah. The Horla. Or it's going to disappear. Now, look, you see the smile? Yeah. The smiling, smiling, look, smiling. Look, they do <laughs> claymation, and it turns into a frown. Oh, my God. By the way, I got to eat some California raisins. I'll be right back. Oh, no, Mike. This is like Paul going to play with his erector set during our podcast. I was Tell making a service. joke about claymation, Carl. I'm, I'm on stage. Do you mind? I'm in <laughs> Now, the thing is, the horn is a physical creature, so he manipulated it, like, with his thumbs and, you know what I mean? So he's a sculptor, too. Yeah. It's a better one. Yeah. He didn't touch the, the woman's hair, though. That's cool. Yeah. He still wants to know that he's not crazy, so he calls up Pierre, our Star Trek connection, and yeah. you stay here. You are only in blood of Dracula. And and he wants him to see, do you see the thing has changed? And he uh, he confirms it. So he's not crazy. So Diary of a Madman is the wrong title for this film. Well, would you think it's Diary of a Guy Who Got Duped by the Horla? Right, exactly. Well, it was originally going to be called Horla. Let me see here. Originally entitled The Horla. I think Diary of a Madman has a better ring to it. Okay. Well, you get two for The Horla? Listen, it sounds too Jewish to me. Um, 90 minutes of dancing. <laughs> well, Guy de Mas- was French, and there weren't many, well, I don't know. It's 1800s. A guy named Reginald LeBorg wrote this. Now, he was born in Austria, in Vienna, and he came and visited the United States in like 28, 1929, 1930, and he moved here and he became a director. Uh, He made a series of low-budget horror films for Universal in the 40s. In 1944, his most expensive and successful, San Diego, I Love You, which featured Buster Keaton, in a supporting oh, role. That sounds like a, I wonder if San Diego I Love You is on YouTube. It might be. San Diego. San Diego. God, how arbitrary. Why uh, not he, also, he did bad films, really. Uh, he did this one called Voodoo Island in 57, which is supposed to be terrible, and The House of Black Death in 65, which is supposed to be terrible, terrible. I don't know. San Diego, I love you, 1944. Okay, let's see if this is a... Yes, mm-hmm. San Diego. No, it's... 
No, no. It's uh, you know what it is. It's those playlists that says full movies with in all caps and periods in between the word full. Yeah, it's trippy. Which just means a bunch of clips and then some other garbage. I like Buster Keenan. Yeah, and it was a supporting role, not a starring role. And we're talking about uh, 1944, so he was, you know, way big and famous. Maybe it was on his downswing because there were talkies now. He was definitely, he was on his, he had an interesting history because he's an amazing innovator. And even his stunts were, were reused by the Marx Brothers and Night of the Opera. But he, uh, he was kind of a drunk. And when talkies came about, the, the studio treated him like shit. He literally lived in the studio. Like he had like a trailer there. They eventually kicked him out. But he would make these buddy comedies with Jimmy Durante. Uh-huh. And I've seen him. What? No beer? And it was basically like prohibition comedies. Uh-huh. So imagine like if it was like uh, Red Man and Method Man or something like a pot comedy. How high? Right. Uh, with, with beer. And then imagine instead of Red Man and, and Method Man, it was like the king of silent movies doing talkies and some obnoxious yatter, yacker. That's right, okay. I said it. Jimmy Durante. What the Horla did is he said, you will kill this girl. You're going to fall in love with her. You're going to offer her to marry you. Like, he, he wants to fuck with this uh, Vincent Price. You see, Vincent killed Louis Giraud. And so he's like, since you killed the man I possessed, I will now possess you. And I don't know how he does it, but Vincent Price came over to show that he bought the painting she was in as the dancer, and he basically asks her to marry him. Huh. Well, For yeah. dinner, they'll have champagne. Ooh, Lunchables. Ooh, pizza Lunchables. How fancy. I thought <laughs> Vincent Price Lunchables. The Horla is like, this woman is vain. You will play to that vanity and buy the picture. And she does. She loves it. Vincent's so cool. Vincent Price is one of the best actors. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't know what he's like as a human being, but he sounds like a decent human being, surprisingly. Yes, yes. It, every Everything I've read about him says that. He was in Michael Jackson's thriller, remember, as the narrator? Yes. Yes. My as... Thing- Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the original, his first take was Quincy Jones, make sure I get residuals for this song. Quincy Jones no, helped no, no, no. Uh, uh, Michael Jackson. Oh, I see. Um, he was in Edward Scissorhands. As the yeah. guy who invented well, wasn't he like the father? Yeah. He was the father of Edward Scissorhands, but Price suffered from chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD, and Parkinson's, and his symptoms were especially severe during the filming of Edward Scissorhands, making it necessary to cut his filming schedule short. So he was going to do more in that film. Interesting. And he died yeah, of lung cancer. Vernon, I th- didn't like in Frank and Weenie, a character's named Vincent or something like that. Like, that he, would uh, make he sense. Loved Vincent Price. Yeah. Or he did the voice in the original uh, animated short or something. Here's what I find most interesting. He was in The Fly 1958, you know, the uh, one that was done by uh, uh, by, by uh, Jeff. Jeff 
Yeah, Jeff Goldblum. And there was a sequel called Return of the Fly in 1959, but he was in Abbott Costello Meet Frankenstein. He was? I love that movie. Yeah. You know what? I, I probably didn't see it because I had watched that movie with my kid way back when the kid was young, and fucking that movie scared the shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> he, every time he would go, he was scared of Costello. He would always uh, go, Lube. He wasn't scared of Frankenstein. It was Abbott and Costello that petrified him. Now, we always suspected that Je- uh, Jeannie Devar- Darville isn't, like, secretly in love with uh, the um, the the artist. But now we're really finding out. Now, this woman, she was married to Mickey Rooney. They have a son together. She was married six years to Mickey Rooney. Six years, that's a good run. Mickey Rooney was married, what, six times, seven times? He was Something like years. that. In six years and a child, yeah. that's a pretty good run for Mickey Rooney. That's a good run. Now, uh, her Rooney, first husband, he married like her high school sweetheart and took him to L.A., and then he was arrested for like multiple robberies in L.A. They gave him like five years <laughs> probation, and in 1955, she was like, you and me are through. Oh, look, there's that writing you said that wasn't there. Yep, that's right. Why aren't business cards an anachronism? It's not an anachronism. It's a continuity error. But I'm saying, were business cards there during the 19th century? Yes, yes. They were? Sure, there were business cards in the 1800s. Absolutely. 1900s, Carl. 1800s. (laughs) What are you, ignorant? She was in Herbie Rides Again. Oh, so that's where I read. Man, she's like classic. I want to watch Batman just to see her in it. You know what I mean? Lots I want to watch TV, yeah. Just to see her she in did it. all that. I Dream of Genie. Like and lots my TV. Of because those, those 60s shows, it was always like bright and colorful, and the women they had are always like sparkling. So yeah. I could see her be a good fit in those comedies. Now, she's talking about her plans with Odette. They're going to go off and get married. Uh, They're going to go to his house in Switzerland. So he's going to send the servants ahead of time to prepare the house. She's just beside herself. Her plot is working great. She's going to set up a woman cave. It's like a man cave, but for women. Uh, a, a, A she shed. Shut up. Really? As she said, yeah, it's perfect. I didn't realize. Sure. So now (laughs) our Star Trek connection, Pierre comes in and is like, the husband of this lady's here. And he's like, husband? And she's like, well, I I, I, I didn't tell. I wanted to tell you, but, 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 but. I learned it from Mickey Rooney. I can marry twice. No, she wasn't married to Mickey Rooney. No, she wasn't. No, she was. Um, she, she she was a model, and she became one of the Glee girls for Jackie Gleason. That's how she started. Oh my God! I mean, by the time she was twenty, she won eight titles as a in beauty contests. I mean, she was out there doing stuff and being a model, but uh, she yeah. fell in love with acting, and became hostess of Beat the Clock. 
You know, it's funny. This takes place in France, even though the the, the journal and the diary and the uh, case study is all in yeah, English. All in English. But all the actors are for this guy, like the the fiance, this guy that walked in. He's the one that looks so American. Like everyone else yes. kind of passed for France. Like, I, you know, yeah. suspense or disbelief. But this guy looks like he just walked off a gun smoke. That's right. That's an American accent. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> is he going to kill him? Is, is the Horla going to tell him to kill this guy? The Horla is, but he refuses. So the Horla wants to show him how easy it is to kill a man, so he knocks all those statues off the wall to smush him. But he misses. Oh. He misses on purpose. <laughs> right, on purpose. You have the ability to be uh, a demon and have physical form and be invisible, but you just happen to not be a very good killer. <laughs> he he claims that he didn't. Oh, I meant to do that. I just wanted to show you to how easy it is to kill a man. <laughs> so now basically he's like, hey, you know, you're up to something no good. And he's like, hey, you know, whatever. Odette wants me. Yeah. She doesn't yeah, want I guess me. I am. Now the Horla's talking. Now I was... I won't I kill him. Surprise, I, would... I won't. Oh, you must, Vincent. I mean, uh, whatever your are Now watch the statues. Whoa. Oh. Whoa. Whoa. Oh. I said an urn. I'm sorry. An urn on a statue. Yeah. Burn. What happened? An urn fell on me. Oh, urn. To burn. The reason it didn't hit him and kill him, because that would be by mistake. If you're going to die that way, you've got to earn it. Oh, right. Well, he, he's a adversary. I mean, like you said, the Horla makes a good case. He should kill the fiance. It's really right. easy. The Horla just wants killing, you know. Evil. Evil Horla. So Vincent Price is such a nice guy. He says to Pierre, he goes, you can clean this up in the morning. <laughs> yeah, like they're too busy doing everything else this guy. Right. Oh, the Horla walked in, yeah, Horla slammed in the, the door. Horla, enter the Horla. Enter the Horla. That's a good movie title, Enter the Horla. Enter the Horla. That would be good. Yeah. No, but seriously. For stories. It, Vincent Price in this film is not a madman. He's as sane as anyone dealing with the Horla. It's a bad title. It's a good title for a movie, but it's a bad title for this movie because it's not a diary of a man. It's an excellent title. <laughs> it's an excellent title for an Ozzy Osbourne album. Yeah. Oh, exit the Horla. Exit the horse. The Horla has left the building, has left the set, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, that sounds like so, Elvis. I mentioned Ozzy Osbourne in, I guess, 83. Yeah, Elvis, Elvis has left, the, left building. the building. Okay, so um, o Odette, you know, our gold digger, she was in Frankie and Johnny with Elvis Presley. Her. Oh, wow. And she was in late. Carl Reiner's directorial debut, Enter Laughing, 1967. Which is based on his book. Oh, man, let me see if that's on uh, YouTube. 
it's he wrote a memoir about his life and then he directed the movie of it. Oh, that sounds like that's something I want to see. Um, he, um, I think it's about him writing for Sid Caesar. That sounds. Like I wrote a book. I wrote a book, uh, Enter Gassing, where I fart all the time. Enter, I crop dust. Kovac was in three films that were made in Iran. I don't know if that's interesting, but I wrote it down. She was in a Three Stooges film. She was in Jason and the Argonauts. She was in a Dean Martin film. Yeah, I love that movie. Oh, was it a Matt Helm film? Uh, it was The Silencers, 1966. Yep, yep. Terrible, terrible movie. And I actually, I've seen that one, and I think I know what role she had. Was, I've been watching a lot of uh, Dean Martin. Carl, there's a streaming service called Tubi, T-U-B-I. I mentioned it on the show before. But they have Colgate Comedy Hour with Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. They have uh, the Dean Martin roast, and they have like the 60s specials he did where he would sing and, and uh, booze. So if you're into Dean Martin episode. or Lewis. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan. Okay, now the Horlo will crush a rose, and then later it's not crushed, and the internet thinks that's a big continuity error. <clears throat> Listen, a crushed rose is a crushed rose is a not crushed rose. I think there's a chance <laughs> to that. The way they did the crush effect is they actually, it was like a sort of balloon kind of thing, and they sucked the air out of it. You'll see. So weird. Oh. Now watch, they'll suck it out. All right. Here we go. Slurp. That looks like every food I have in my refrigerator. Red peppers and look, he's shooting him. He knows he's physical, but he goes out of bullets. It's now look at this bad acting. Vincent Price does his only bad acting. He gets mad at the gun and throws it. <laughs> the rest <laughs> of this film, he acts the great. Are, yeah, the men of the butler are like cowering in their quarters right now. Yeah, he looks like he's shooting guns again. Right? Didn't they hear the gunshots? For goodness' sakes, they must have. They don't run in. What's going on? Uh, <coughs> he's got Horlack. Green eyes. Something's going to happen. Doesn't the Horlack speak for the trees? <laughs> I am the Horlack. I speak for the trees. I'm the Horlack. <laughs> Your flippity floppity with the floopity flippity will kill all the glippity gloppities. Listen, Horlack, I don't need to hear from you. I'm making sneeds, Horlack. Or is it Thieves? Sneeds? Thieves? What was he making? Sneeds. I Remember they were sneeds, like uh, yeah. Long Johns. They were underwear, right? Yeah, they were underwear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was like three sleeves or like you didn't really know which goes where. And I don't think there was a turtleneck to it. I'm your husband. Let me in. So Odette has now moved out and has her own apartment. And she is just sick to death of him. Oh, they let him in. Listen, yeah, we're in yeah. France. I want one of them kisses. Wow, what a dress. No, I mean, non- uh, lingerie. Oh, he's mad. He's mad. My things, my things. Why'd you throw the paper on the floor? Why? Now, she admits that she's a gold digger. Ah. 
See, here, here he goes. Down, get down. Get nothing but a gold digger. That's why I recognize you from the movie Gold Diggers of 1864. <laughs> You're a gold digger. I was panning. I wasn't digging. Uh-oh. Right. Green eyes. Hard-boiled eggs. The... Now look how Ooh. she fake she fake locks the door. Like it's obviously not a lock. Here she yeah. pretends to lock it and he just walks right in. And she's like, oh, gold Hello. digger guy. I'm so happy to see you, gold digger guy. Wait a minute. How far into this movie is he going to really kill her, right? He is this really going to kill her, but the Horla is behind it. I don't know how. I don't understand how this Horla works. He's possessed by the Horla. He's taken over his physical form. Ooh. He hasn't taken That's over it. his physical form. He's like mind controlled him. Stab. 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 Wow. All psycho on him, 1960. So she's going like, ouch, ouch, she's no screen queen. Right. She just limps, ragdolls it. Right. Ouch. Now look, there's no blood, and she's dead like instantly. Well, let's transfer you. Vincent comes home like, what have I done? I think it's a cool special effect, the way they get the lighting on him with the green eyes. So he won't know what he did. He won't remember. Ooh, now, here comes the post office the... guy. This is yeah. Marcel, the post office, Don Brody. And he was in Escape to Witch Mountain as gasoline oh, attendant. <laughs> He Here's was your in, gasoline, young kid. <laughs> he was in Goodbye Norma Jean as projectionist. Oh, what you think of the movie, Mrs. Monroe? <laughs> he was in Little Big Man. You know that film where the guy's the Indian. <clears throat> Dustin Hoffman movie. Right. Yeah. As stage passenger, uncredited. Oh, man. <laughs> You're killing me. This guy was in 250 films and television productions, and it's all that kind of stuff. In this one, he was he played like the mailman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. His biggest but role was like he order up. He did do voiceover work those. in Disney's Pinocchio and Dumbo, in which he had some main characters. But that's what's funny. He's like, "Mom, mom, hello, mom! I landed a big role. You're animated." <laughs> When are you going to hit it with domes? Well, I'm trying, Ma. Listen, Ma, I play a black crow in Dumbo. People will remember that. Uh, yeah, not for the right reasons, son. Not for the right reasons. Okay, so Vincent Price is now finding the evidence of his handiwork, which is blood. Oh. Leading up. He reads the newspaper headline, and it says, Woman Beheaded. Right. Now, Let's look. See. Oh, Wow, way to rub it in, Horla. No, no. I can't believe it. Horla put her. Look. It's her! Camera close up. I think the camera should zoom into it so I could get the point. Now, that was an impossibility, Mike. You couldn't do that. You can't take a fully sculpted clay thing without wrecking it. 
you know, and put her head in it. Like you said, the Hola is also a uh, artist. <laughs> yeah. He was looking forward to it. He spent all night working on it. He had all night because Vincent didn't know what he did, and he just slept. I was home last night. I didn't kill her. The worst maid in Butler. Didn't clean up a single drop of blood. Didn't notice the Horla was working. Terrifying. Now, who do you think they're going to think killed OJ? Oh, his argument. Who do you think they'll think killed OJ? Uh, oh, Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke yeah, because he went over the there. He was yelling. The landlady heard everything. Well, who's going to be the judge of the case anyway? It's going to be Vincent. He'll be like, yeah, you did it. Bye. Next case. <laughs> Next. That is what happens. Not They don't get that far, but that's what's going to happen. He's arrested, and um, Vincent Price will be like, I don't know what you're talking about now, young man. I never met you. Right. Now, Mickey Ro- Rooney's wife is going to... Mickey's Rooney's wife's going to go to the dad, be like, they arrested Paul. They arrested him. Now, the director wanted the voice of the Horla to come out all distorted, but this producer, Edward Small, would have nothing to do with it. He wanted it to sound clear, and the director always thought that was a big mistake. You see, what do you think? I think it makes sense. Well, the American International Pictures, you and I know that company and love that company yeah. your show. Love that company. They did love a series them. of Edgar Allan Poe period pieces that were very sure. popular. One of them had Vincent Price in it. And that's what yeah. this no, company several had Vincent. They're trying to well, – no, yeah, several had Vincent. The Raven. These, which was directed by Roger Corman. And I think they're probably his best movies are these uh, Poe adaptations. Like, uh, and they were a hit. They Vincent were a Price. hit. Yeah. And yeah, so no, they're really what, good. I mean, imagine doing Poe in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Nevermore. So they're trying to recreate the magic. They, well, they're trying to get yeah. their, okay, these things sell. Let's make one that sells. But. Yeah. And this is United I'm Artists now. It. I mean, like. You might think, oh, United and Artists, that's a serious company, but not in, really in the 60s. They were, they hadn't been bought by conglomerates yet. You know, they were still, United right. Pictures was a America, was an AIP kind of competitor at the time. No, all right. So I'm going to dip my toe into this water. So United Artists had the James Bond series. And also there was a movie called Heaven's Gate that lost the studio so much money that MGM and United Artists wind up merging. Huh. That's what, I, I that's don't know that history. MGM I'll trust you Yeah, it's a, there was a book called uh, well, the movie was Heaven's Gate and shit, what was the book? I love that book. They, the producer, one of the executives of the studio wrote a book about it because the studio went under after letting this director make this insanely expensive movie. Yeah. Which, if Heaven's Gate was on YouTube, we would do it as a two-parter. Once in a while, Heaven's Gate shows up on HBO, and if you can see it, I, I recommend it. It's just batshit. Okay, I'm putting it in my Netflix queue. It's like Heaven's Gate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's worth a watch. In the book, the Horla lives on water and milk for some reason, and they threw that out like entirely. Like water like what? Like Waterman. So we're thinking of it. Oh, if you, you could leave me some milk and water. Ew, gross. 
<laughs> not mixed together. You remember in Waterman when he's drinking the coffee? Yeah, and the, the, he, he becomes brown. He turns brown. Yeah, because he's drinking it. That's yeah, why when he's it. at the bar, oh, he asks for vodka because it's clear. Nobody can tell how drunk he is. Well, we should mention Carl has produced a very funny uh, pilot called Waterman, which is a stream of water as a cop. <laughs> and it's available on Vimeo, but I'm not going to give you the link because yeah, we want no. you to pay to see this. Right. Oh, you can't. All right. And then, but you actually had a premiere of it where you projected it on the wall. You did it yeah. drive-in style because of the Yeah, point. drive-in style. Uh, can, can you tell me a little bit about it to the audience? How, how was the experience? Well, the, the only reason I did it, because I want to sell it. I really don't want to show it to the public. You know what I mean? The only reason I did it to yeah. see if they would laugh, because if they're not laughing, okay, you'll see strings here. It's being held by strings. Totally. Totally. So um, I just wanted to gauge audience reactions. If they're laughing, I have something to sell. And I got lucky. Every, every People thought it was funny. You could hear them in their cars laughing? Yeah. <laughs> We were all outside social distancing, Mike. I know. I, you're, you're good at it. I have oh. a thing about, like, I know we're watching a movie, but I've been thinking lately, like, the purpose of a live comedy show is to make people laugh. And yeah, laughter like, is a great way to uh, uh, transmit the disease. So where does it stand to do a live show? Like, that's the reason why I can't do a show. Okay. Now, you see it burning, right? This gives Vincent yeah. the idea. That might be the way to, to kill this guy. What, see, what the Horl is doing is getting rid of the evidence. He covered up the sculpture of Odette. He burns yeah. the painting he bought. Now, the thing is, though, there's a record of the painting being bought. And the servants who went off to Switzerland, they, they have evidence that he met Odette. And he, I, I, it's a kind of a plot hole. I mean, he could easily be caught. Uh, this hiding of stuff won't matter. If they looked into it, he would be the suspect. Look at him. He opened the door without a butler. Well, that's what he says. Like, I was, I expected Pierre. And he goes, no, he's in my house in Switzerland getting it ready. Nice. Basically, he's coming to him like, this guy says he knows you. Why? That's ridiculous. Come into my study. <laughs> he heard that knock from the study. That must be a loud door knocker. The study's right there by the foyer. It's a big house, man. There's a hallway in between it. And like a... Oh. Look, that's the pen that he writes a diary with. Uh, yeah. You know, the internet made it a big deal that if he was really writing a diary in ink... He couldn't just close the. It had, you know, oh, absolutely. It it would blot or whatever. And uh, well, I'm left-handed. I'm left-handed. Uh -huh. Left-handed person, Carl. Uh, anytime I write an ink, I smudge it because my hand follows yeah, the, the ink. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw. I first thing I noticed when he had the ink that he's right-handed. I meant to bring up that he puts the pen on the desk and it starts to roll and he catches it. I know that that was just some screw up while they were filming and they didn't film it again. Ah, well, God bless Vincent Price. The guy, <laughs> the guy could do no wrong. Like, he recovered. He control. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I guess he's done some bad movies. 
Oh, sure. I would he love to do, uh... This is one of them. The thing is, yeah. He, but but he carries it through the strength of his acting and his fame. You know, it's a Vincent Price film, but yeah. it's not a good film. Now he'll just totally deny knowing him, which is he could so obviously be caught. I've never seen this man in my life. Right. That's such bullshit. He knows he's getting set up now. Right. Come on. We were in Dr. Goldfoot in the uh, bikini machine. Never right. heard of it. Accusations. You... He did a film like, I never pronounced the guy's name right. The Invulnerable Mr. Fibs or Fibes. Right. Where he's yeah. just like. And there was a sequel too. It's a very, they're both very campy and, you know, excellent. But he had this, they, they made a decision that he talks through voiceover. Like, so hey, here I'm going to. And it just gets after a while. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's a good film. I need to watch it a couple more times, to be honest with you. So Price never completely denies knowing yeah. him. And he's like outraged because that's ridiculous. And. He won't get, uh, the film will end before he gets redeemed. Uh, he, he won't get executed because the diary they're reading right now uh, will clear him. It, it makes clear that Vincent Price was the killer. This was all filmed in West Hollywood, California, Santa Monica Boulevard, the Samuel Golden Studios. Um, and it was 62, July of 62, they started filming. Is this interesting? No. Maybe. The only thing I like left to, I, I haven't to told you is about the writer. The writer's name's yeah, Robert Kent. What's that? He's really a producer, uh, but he wrote this one. He began as a rapid screenwriter and story editor for Columbia. He was there for seven years. He worked with this guy, Edward Small, and they... One of his things was he was good at female characters. He was good at writing women. Um, he formed his own production company, Admiral Productions, with Edward Small, and that's what they were doing. They did two horror films with Vincent Price and four westerns with Audie Aud, Murphy, and that was... Uh, western singer. That was pretty much... That's his claim to fame. He, that was his... Okay, she's back. Yeah. Mickey Rooney's wife, and now it's the, like, they never, I think it's a missed opportunity here. She should really say, I always loved you. She should now reveal her feelings to him, but they don't go there. I mean, show us some drama, you know, and I can't kiss you. Odette is still, her body's not cold, you know, it's like they should right. do a bunch of. Oh, oh he kissed Yeah. Oh. I was, I yeah. forgot. I saw this film five times. Uh, this is my fifth time, and I forgot. How Did embarrassing. Oh, that she kisses back. Why didn't I remember Did this? You... So watching a Vincent Price movie five times, that's not as bad as what I make you watch for the show otherwise. Yeah. It's not swap not meat. as bad. I mean, I had to endure Gilligan's Island <laughs> three times and then watch it with Oh, my God, enough. All right, all right. It's still, the wound is fresh. The wound is fresh. <laughs> I mean, I was it's coming off of the munchies stuff. 
So I guess I was a little sensitive. Yeah. Well, to be fair, like while reminiscing about the movies we watched, the Brain Dead and Carnosaur are terrible movies, and yeah. that kind of threw a ratchet to me. Yeah. So that was tough to watch those films. Yeah, it really was. But the thing is, Brain Dead wasn't as bad because you had Bud Court, uh, and uh, yeah. you, you had Bill Pullman, and and uh, you know they were it Bill was Paxton. good both of them. Yeah. It was good to watch those guys. Carnosaur was very difficult, very difficult. Listen, if I may, Carnosaur, the premise is that it's a dinosaur in modern day times that's killing people, like a serial killer Jurassic Park. Except in this movie, there's like child death, crib death, uh, forced impregnation, uh, monsters coming out of pregnant belly. Like everything awful happens in that movie. That has nothing to do with the killer dinosaur. Yeah. And remember how the hero yeah. gets killed randomly at the end? You're not even satisfied that the hero won. Yeah. Yeah. So Vincent tried to kill himself, point. and the Horla is stopping him. What's that? Yeah. That's a mixed bag. I, th- I think uh, Carnosaur is worse than Gil- Castaways on Gilligan's Island. Oh, absolutely. Um, yes. so Vincent just tried to kill himself, so he can't kill anymore, but the Horla prevented him by taking the little gun away. Mixed bag. One hand, you know, you prevent suicide. The other hand, the Horla's still alive. Right. Suicide prevention hotline. Horla speaking. <laughs> just do it. Here, I'll come right over. Uh, I'm thinking of Mickey Rooney's wife. I can't. Hello. Good evening. You know I always know remember Vincent you... Price. Yeah. From the Muppet Show. Oh right. Memorably. Yeah. Well, basically now it's um, it's basically. You knew them both. You bought the painting. Your servants know that she came over. All this will be revealed. And Vincent's like, I don't know what you're talking about, lady. (laughs) Oh, so she's going to get killed, huh? She isn't. We're getting near the end now. We have about 10 minutes left, and we really don't need this scene. He should do the deed now. But the director's making us... So I know he burns and kills himself in a fire. So that's what the last 10 minutes is yeah, going to be, right? right. He's going to go to the hardware store. I would like 10 gallons of kerosene. That is right. In the yeah. Match. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> Me and my girlfriend like watching horror movies. On a Friday night with Vincent Price. That was an old Rhino Records novelty song. Remember that record, World's Worst Songs or whatever? That was pretty good. Yeah. They would have Wild Man Fisher. Come to Rhino Records. They had this guy who couldn't sing, and he was singing like fairy tales can come true. Yeah. It can happen to yeah. you. And I remember that cut. He was like, we're not trying to be perfect yeah. here. Well, you young at heart. That's the song. Here is the best part. Yeah, he's just a terrible singer. Well, Rhino, you know, I read the the, the guy 
wrote a book about it, the history of Rhino, and uh, they started off as novelties. They did a Devo album where they they did all Devo covers with kazoo's, and then yeah. they had other Devo covers. Yeah, and then they started collecting catalogs. Like they really loved records, and they were. Uh, well, when Rhino started, that, they were like, "Let's not just be a cheap record company trying to make some money. Let's be obvious about it, and that'll be our yeah. hook. We're kitschy. We're we're our stick." And it worked. Well, there was a record store in Santa Monica, and I went there years ago. I'm sure thanks to the pandemic and everything, it's long gone. But uh, they were promoting the their record store, and they started a label. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there was like a – I think the story went like they were working with like Columbia. They were working with the majors to release like old stuff, and then the, the majors themselves – created a knockoff rhino version i think they called it experiment or something it's uh-huh. or like you know and they started doing it and the guy was pissed because he knew his fans would get ripped it was a ripoff and that oh. people would probably get mistake would mistake it for rhino so okay. yeah dr demento now, plays the, go ahead finish your thought dr demento he was part of uh, rhino for sure he yeah was he played a lot of rhino records yeah. yeah okay let's get back to the movie i'm sorry Okay, so Vincent Price now knows, or the Horla knows, that the way to hide um, uh, that he did this at all is to kill both of them. So he's on his way now to do it. Now, one of the reasons this is a bad film is they do something here that they didn't set up. They do something about religion. Um, and that wasn't in the novel, but not only that, they didn't set it up at the beginning of this film. There's no religious overtones to this film at all. And he's, and religion is going to help him here. So he's on his way to kill her. Right. As one does. As one does when the Horla has taken over. Is he going to see Jesus? He's going to get a uh, Jack Trick yeah. uh, pamphlet and be like, "Oh my God, I don't want to sell. I don't want to sell my kids' shoes." Yes, that's right. <laughs> he sees the reflection of the cross in his knife, and that like right. snaps him out of it. That's not a bad idea. I mean, he, you know. That would work if you set it up at the beginning of the film. Like, you used to be religious and you're not now. So, look, he sees in the reflection of the knife the cross. Oh, power of Jesus. And it's a crucifix. Don't listen to to that Jesus fella. (laughs) Oh, it's a reflection there in the window. I got you. That's right. And he's, it snaps him out of it. Now, we need to be set up for this, and we're not. What would be better, a police station or, like, a bookstore that had a book that said, Don't Kill Women on the Street? <laughs> yeah, he reads the title. Okay, here is uh, 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 Father Ramon, who, who was at the uh, – who was leading the funeral. The funeral. Yeah. He was in um, – but this is his final film. He was in a little TV after this. He was in War of the Worlds. He was Red Planet Mars. He was on uh, George Burns and Gracie Allen show three times. 
He was the doctor in the summer place. He was in The Man Who too, Knew Too Much as an uncredited detective. He's been around. Nice. So he's like, hey. now the Horla takes the horse's reins and runs them. He's going to run over Vincent Price and the father. Where, where's the Horla? I don't get it. He's he sitting the there invisible. In the yeah. Yeah, but the, but if he's physical, he would have knocked the driver or the driver would have noticed if some hairy dude. I know. And what did he do? Did he hop into the carriage? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, backing up. Deep, deep, deep. <laughs> Horse apples. Excuse me. I almost ran you over. Pardon me, Father. Oh, it must be the Horla. That makes perfect sense. It makes no sense. Yeah, so he, he was going to go with him to the church to find sanctuary, but now he realizes if you hang around me, you're probably going to get killed. So he changes his mind and says, he says to send over, what is this? Okay, we missed it, but he says that um, uh, the daughter and the owner of the art gallery should go to his house, and now he's making the final entry into his uh, diary. Like, if you're reading this, I'm dead, because, and I've killed the Horla, you know. Oh, I'm sorry, not the father, just Jeannie, uh, just Jeannie comes over. So now the box that they read, Diary of a Madman, um, is going to be delivered. We're, 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 we're marathoning to well, the end. got about five more minutes. I need you to send this transcript to the screenwriter right away. Yeah, because I won't be alive to tell him the story. Oh, and here's the original screenplay I wrote. It's about beach bums living in Miami. get that joke. Wow, what a thing. Oh, I just said he was like, well, since you're giving it to a screenwriter, here's my here's a script I wrote. Oh, okay. And then See if he's interested in treatment. With, it's treatment, yeah, yeah. Thanks, Carl. I, I said beach bones because I was thinking of the the beach movies from the sixties. My my head's not I just woke up, man. Understood. Uh, yeah. We're pre recording because of COVID. It's nine AM in Los Angeles where Mike is right now. Are you in Frisco again? I'm, I'm in Frisco, Frisco, okay. Texas. <laughs> yeah, I'm back in San Francisco. The city, man. The city. We see the city. So now he's lo locking and closing off. The, the city is New York City, okay? If you lived here, you'd know that. No. Listen, there's the city by the bay. The city the bay of Baghdad. And then there's Oakland, which is the town. And then San Lorenzo, which is Lorenzo. Lorenzo. It's something I made up. Listen, one day I'm going to pull it together and go out there and I'm going to get the let's call it Frisco movement going and I'm going to ruin all your little cities and towns. Hey, Carl. Carl, listen, it's okay to call San Francisco Frisco, all right? People it born is? here say it all the time. Really? It is. It's just, you know, yeah. Well, I, from what I, what I read is that you don't call it SF because that means you're nouveau. That means you've just moved here. Like only transplants call it SF. But honestly, San Francisco is all big fucking thing to say. I, I, SF is a lot easier to say. So, so Frisco. I'm okay with that. 
I think it should I guess be. I San Fran is the one. I don't think it should be RFA area rapid transit. I think it should be Frisco area rapid transit. Fart. Okay. Fart. Uh, now look. Fire. He's like, ha ha, horla. I burn you. I just started a fire. Yep. Oh. See, now he's got him by the balls. Right. Yep. Nothing can go wrong. Wait, where's the exit? Look, he's hardly trying to get out. That's the stagehand on the other side of the door doing it. Oh. Oh. Take a flying chair. Ha, ha, ha. I burned you. Nothing could go wrong with this. (laughs) Let me out. God, look at Vincent just hamming it up while everything's on fire. Look, look you see him burning? Wow. Yeah, especially yeah. Now, this movie is terrible, but it has a really good ending. Was that Tinkerbell? Maybe he burned the wrong guy, wrong demon. Now, look, Vincent's trying Jeez. to get out, but I think his whole plot was that – I thought his whole thing was he knows he's going to die, but it's worth it. I mean, that's what his diary no, says, no, no. but he did try to get out. Yeah, I mean he's human. He wants to. He wants to eat uh, eat his cake and have it too. Mm-hmm. But he won't. This will get him. Wow! Look oh, at that. Oh, look at that. Uh, yeah. That looks real. Well, what yeah. they did was they burnt a miniature and then overlaid it. They made it. They looked at the frame that they had of the regular house and they burnt the miniature, but they layered it over the real house. And it worked. I could tell it's a miniature. I could tell it's a miniature because there's a Lionel train right next to it. <laughs> no, no, no. The, the, you can't see the miniature. They took only the uh, yellow part. Uh, all right, whatever. Uh, so, so now this is they're all they like, go, oh, Horla, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so now they're like, oh, I get it. Oh, that's what it was. A warning to mankind. The Horla is real. <laughs> Paul will be free. But they're like, this is crazy. Why don't we just bury this? This should never leave the room. We never speak of the Horla again. So is the Horla going to show up in the last 10 seconds of this movie, Carl? The Horla isn't just that one man. There's many Horlas, but the one Horla did die. Um... Uh, Well, all right. Uh, United Artists Release. Doesn't that sound like a jacket? Carl, what'd you think of this movie? <laughs> I love this movie. Okay, I did enjoy it, and I didn't. Doing the research was not torture. I did enjoy it. Oh. Um, but right. uh, yeah. it wasn't a good film, no. I enjoyed it too. I mean, I didn't hear the audio as first time watching as, as the way we set up our show, but I, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, for, for all things price, it was a good one. So there, yeah, we watched a good movie today on Let's Watch a Full Night Movie on YouTube, a.k.a. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Follow our podcast uh, with that acronym. Just go to your podcast thingy. I, I went to iTunes yesterday, and I saw us listed. It's, it's the old photo of Mini Radio. So we're on iTunes, buddy. Uh, and then, of course, we do stream on mutinyradio.fm every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, there's some great programming before and after. A lot of live, socially distanced comedy shows you can listen to anywhere in the country and around the world. 
Carl, uh, carlsucks.com. All right. Well, Lisa, we will, uh, I will have a movie picked and I will let Carl know in advance so I can make my best friend watch it four times. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Well, that's been the show. Audience, thank you so much for being with us for this hour and a half. Carl, thank you. Thank you, Mike. For the amazing show. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. It's been over one long year Watching movies bad, strange and weird Commandeer By Michael Hi, this is Carl I'm Mike's friend I I wrote this song My turn-ons are French poodles Chinese German strudels. You should follow me on Twitter. It's Jokes to Carl. Uh, that's the French duh, not the <laughs> duh, Now let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-face McRat. <laughs> As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. My name is Wonia Thibault of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, but also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. 
The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buxian Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Hey, you, poetry reader. This is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay. We also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast. Zoomed every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, which is available at analogsubmission.com now. Go buy it, and don't let poets lie to you. Once again, that's Andy Talbot's new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds, New Skin, available at analogsubmission.com. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by Uh, Here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Mutiny Radio.fm. Why not make a donation? Mutiny Radio.fm. 
Streaming live the station. MutinyRadio.fm. District of the Mission. MutinyRadio.fm. MutinyRadio.fm. Listen to live streaming radio. Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Look, why not go to mutinyradio.fm, hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! San Francisco Mutiny Radio. The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. Lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines. Vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. We watch the best movies that uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen. By uh, here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch a Listen to live stream. 
listen to live streaming radio or download our podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. MutinyRadio.fm Why not make a donation? MutinyRadio.fm Streaming live the station. MutinyRadio.fm District of the Mission. MutinyRadio.fm MutinyRadio.fm Listen to live streaming radio or download a podcast and you can listen on the go. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. San Francisco Mutiny Radio. Look, why not go to MutinyRadio.fm, hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. Lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines. Vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. Radio, big up to the number one station, 
that holy nation. Give it to me every time. Ah! My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a Chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your Chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, look good on camera, end all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession.